are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Well, take your Bible, your snorkel, your flippers, and your water wings and turn with me. I think this will be a good text. Genesis tonight, chapter number 7 and chapter number 8. How about that? Genesis chapter number 7 and Genesis chapter number 8. It sure has been good to be here this week for the conference. And we do. We appreciate you very much being a part of this, not just annual event, but this year especially, an historic event. And uh, thank God for folks who are concerned about our health and well-being. And let us sit outside in the rain and the cold weather, and God bless their hearts. But I appreciate you being faithful and uh, being here. I sure have enjoyed all the preaching. And I told Pastor Treber back in the hallway before the service, I said, honestly, every one of these men preaching this week uh, has been an influence on my life and a blessing to my life early on in the ministry and still yet today. And I thank God for that. And uh, we've heard names mentioned of men who are now on the other side. They're in heaven. And uh, I didn't have, uh, not during my preaching life anyways, I didn't have a Curtis Hudson, and I didn't have a Mays Jackson, and I didn't have a, not for very long, a Bobby Robertson. I preached with him a few times, but I'm glad I have these men. I'm glad I have a Pastor Treber, and I'm glad I have a Tony Hudson. I'm glad I have a Larry Brown and a Joe Arthur and other men like that. And thank God folks are still out there preaching, and they paved the way for us. I'm not looking to change anything, just want to continue in the things that we've been taught and things that we've learned. Tonight I want to preach a message, God to help us, Genesis chapter number 7 and Genesis chapter number 8 and try to be an encouragement to you. This is a message I have preached at our church before. In fact, it might be the last service before we had to move back outside in the summer. This might be the message that I preached right before we had to move back outside. I remember we were having meetings with our lawyers and having meetings with our staff and dealing with the county about different possible penalties for just trying to have church in America. And uh, I was talking to my wife about it at home, and our little boy Lincoln, he just turned four years old today, he heard us talking in his bedroom, and he came out and had tears in his eyes, and his voice was nervous, and he said, Daddy, I'm scared. I said, why are you scared? He said, I don't like those people that are trying to shut down our church. And he asked the question, he said, do you think we'll still be allowed to have wiggle worms? That's the little kids program on Sunday night. And I looked at him and said, Lincoln, don't you worry. I said, the church will be there. Look with me at Genesis chapter number 7 and verse number 13. The Bible said, in the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. Noah and his family entered the ark. They're in the ark for better than 150 days. They're tossed by the waves and beat by the wind and rocked by the sea. On every side of the ark is death and destruction. A world turned upside down by the judgment of God. But I'm glad God doesn't leave us in chapter 7, but He takes us into chapter number 8. In chapter number 8, you find that the mockers are gone and the scoffers are gone and the doubters are gone, but the ark was still there. Look at verse number 4 of chapter number 8 and see the phrase. The Bible said, and the ark rested. 
That's like saying this, the ark made it through. That's like saying this, the ark persevered. That's like saying this, the ark outlasted. That's like saying this, the ark sailed on. In spite of the torrents, in spite of the trouble, in spite of the trial, the ark was still sailing. Tonight, I'm glad to report to you as you sit in a tent with the rain falling down hard upon it and you feel the cold wind blow, we still have the people of God here at the house of God. And in spite of opposition, in spite of the onslaught, in spite of the enemy, I'm glad the church is still there. For a little while tonight, I want to preach on that thought. Thank God it's still there. On a rainy September 13th in 1814, British warships in a downpour of shells and rockets onto Fort McHenry, relentlessly pounding the American fort for 25 hours. The bombardment, known as the Battle of Baltimore, came only weeks after the British had attacked Washington, burning the Capitol, the Treasury, and the President's house. A week earlier, Francis Scott Key, an American lawyer, had boarded the flagship of the British fleet on the Chesapeake Bay in hopes of persuading the British to release a friend who had recently been arrested. Key's tactics were successful, but because he and his companions had gained knowledge of the impending attack on Baltimore, the British did not let them go. Under the scrutiny, Key watched on September 13th as the barrage of Fort McHenry began about eight miles away. It seemed as though Mother Earth had opened and was vomiting shot and shell in a sheet of fire and brimstone. Key wrote, Throughout the battle, Key was in the harbor hearing cannon fire and the booms of explosives. When darkness arrived, Key saw only red erupting in the sky. Given the scale of the attack, he was certain the British would win. The hours passed slowly, but in the clearing smoke of the dawn's early light on September 14th, he saw the American flag flying over the fort, announcing American victory. Key put his thoughts on paper while still on board the ship. A newspaper printed it, and within weeks, his poem, The Star-Spangled Banner, circulated across the country. The opening verse of his poem became our national anthem. It reads, Oh, say, can you see, by the dawn's early light, what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars to the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? I want to say thank God tonight for some things that have lasted. Thank God tonight for some things that are still there. Thank God tonight for some things that have not fallen, but they're still there. Thank God for some things that regardless of the onslaught, the opposition, and the attack of the enemy, they've stood the test of time, and they're still there. They're still there. Most things in this world are born, they live, and then they die. They might last for a moment, but they don't stand the test of time. Some will leave their mark on this world over a time. Some will leave their mark in a hurry. But most things in this life come and then they go. Politicians come and go. Elected and unelected officials come and go. Heads of state come and go. Pastors come and go. 
Fashion will come and go. Culture will come and go. Philosophy will come and go. Most things in life stand for a season, but they come and then they go. But I'm glad other things come and they stay. They weather the storm. They ride out the torrent. They stand against the time. They endure the persecution. They stand fixed as the calendar pages turn. Other things come and go, but thank God there's some things that come and they stay. As Francis Key peered from on board his boat in the Chesapeake Bay, it thrilled his heart to see the flag of our nation flying above the fort. That flag still flying spoke to his heart that America was still there. The bombs had fallen. The shots had been fired. The enemy had attacked, but our country was standing. America was still there. Our country is something tonight that I love dearly. I was raised to love America. I've lived long enough to learn to love America. And I've studied our history. It has only made me love America even more. I know tonight that I'm a millennial generationally. But I want to go on record and say I'm a millennial that absolutely loves my country. I've not bought into socialism or liberalism. I think I'll stick with Americanism and patriotism. I love my nation. That's why it kind of bothers me when our public officials are more concerned with keeping my kid out of Sunday school than they are drugs off our streets. It kind of bothers me that they would parade and applaud those that burn down our cities and tear up our property and shout death to America and then try to ban us from praying at an old-fashioned altar. I think I'd be more concerned about keeping criminals in prison than putting preachers in their place. I love our country. In Oakland, California, they shouted death to America. But tonight I shout long, live America. I love my nation. Our church is a patriotic place. We love our country here. We love our city and our county. And we even love our state. We serve our community. We pray for our officials. We support our police force. We love our constitution. We love our military. And we love our flag. We believe it with all our heart. This is a place for liberty and justice for all. Our church is more than buildings. Our church is born again people. And more than just born again people, we're Christian Americans. In our pews you'll find soldiers and sailors and airmen and marines. We have lawyers and doctors and businessmen. We have factory workers and homemakers. We have care providers and mechanics. We have a melting pot of ethnicities. All from different parts of the world. But I tell you what binds us together. There's two strands that tie us together. That is salvation by the grace of God and the fact that we love our country. Tonight we would all vote and say that we're glad when it comes to America. We can say our nation is still there. America has defied historical precedent. And up to this point, she's endured. You study the great empires of our history and you find that most have stood and most have fallen. You can say it of Hitler's Germany, it's gone. You can say of Nero's Rome, it's gone. You can say of Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, it's gone. But thank God you can't say that about America. Not yet anyway. As of tonight, our country is still there. Are there those trying to destroy it? Yes. Are there those 
those that would like to take it down, yes. But in spite of the fanatical friends of our country, America still stands. They let drag queens read to our children and then arrest preachers on the street corner, yet America endures. They burn our flag, but America endures. They revise our history, but America endures. They tear down our statues, but America endures. They love the worst nations in the world, but America endures. They try to deny our principles, but America is still there. Tonight, I'm glad to say it. I love America. I don't blush at saying it. I don't need your permission to say it. I love my nation. I don't apologize for being a patriot. I don't blush at being a citizen of this country. I'll kneel at an altar, but I don't kneel for the anthem. Say amen right there. This is my home. I've chosen this place to live. This is where I raise my family. This is where I serve my God. This is my land. This is my home. This is my country. I'm glad America is still there. America's there in the honest, hard-working employee. America's there in the mother who takes care of her children. America's there in the young men who fight for our freedom. America's there in church bells ringing on Sunday, reminding this reprobate world, God is still on his throne. America's still there all across this nation as small towns tucked back in hollers and highways off the interstate have their 4th of July parade and Memorial Day gatherings and flags fly from every home and buntings line the fences. America's still there. America's still there in the old-fashioned manners shown by her people every single day. Can I say, that's America. America's still there. America's there in the yellow ribbons around our trees, the blue lights that shine on our porches, and the American flag pins that hang on our lapel. I'm glad America is still there. America's still there in the old man that runs errands around town proudly displaying his veteran's hat as he runs his errand. America's still there as the school children stand and give the Pledge of Allegiance and they say one nation under God. America's still there in the farmer. She's there in the factory worker. She's there in the coal miner. She's there in the public servant that do their job to progress our country. America's there. She's there in the old time preacher. She's there in the policeman. She's there in the patriot. Thank God. America is still there. Tonight I can say America's there as every hand went over every heart as you heard the song played. America's there as every sincere salute goes out to our flag. Tonight America is still there. As you look around your tent, that's America. As you look around your aisle, that's America. What we see here tonight, this is America. America's not. America's not some elite uh, celebrity class that would preach to us from behind their big walled estates with their armed security and try to teach us about morality while they advocate pedophilia and abortion. That's not America. America is not some political class that tries to cause division and build a platform on the back of her people. That's not America. America is not some muck-rating media that would spin whole lies and have truths and slander everything good about our nation. That's not America. America. 
You say, what is America? America is that old-fashioned family that works hard, lives honest, goes to Little League games, hey, takes their children to church on Sunday. That's America. That's America. And she's still there. In spite of the onslaught, America stands. In spite of the attack, America stands. In spite of the frenzy, America stands. America's there. Not in government overreach, but in that belief that we all have liberty given to us by our Creator. America's there. Not in telling its citizens to comply, but in championing the individual rights of every citizen. America is still there. Up to this point, America has endured. And as of tonight, we can rejoice and say, thank God, she's still there. But we have no promise that America will be there tomorrow. The Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And I believe America has survived, not due to our founding document, but due to our founding deity. America has has blossomed out not of the soil of socialism but America has blossomed out of the seed of Bible truth our foundation is not just religious our foundation is undeniably Christian trigger whom it may and upset who it might you might need a security blanket to make it through but without a doubt our nation was founded on this book right here we have a Christian heritage America wasn't founded by soldiers seeking gold. America wasn't founded by politicians seeking to vote. America was founded by pilgrims seeking after God. Our monuments testify of it. Our Ten Commandments testify of it. Our founding documents testify of it. And for that reason tonight, God has been good to America and we can say she is still there. But that can change before the sun rises in the morning. There is no perpetuity promise to our nation. The Bible said sin is a reproach to any people. It's happened historically elsewhere and it'll happen here as well. Now I don't say that tonight with a happy heart, but I say that with much concern for my son and the following generations of what America's going to look like if we don't have a sweeping awakening and a mighty revival among the people of God. Can you imagine a moment in America where folks will look at each other and they'll have to save our nation. Where's America? She's gone. It's not there. In Genesis chapter 6 through 8, we find the record of a wicked generation, a righteous God, and a man who found grace. This story illustrates the truth of my introduction of something that stood in spite of the trouble In spite of the trial, in spite of the torments, it sailed safely through the storm. And after the storm was gone, it was still there. Noah lived in a wicked day. He lived in a dark hour. Men weren't wanting to be holy. They were headed straight for hell. Noah's generation didn't want revival. Noah's generation didn't want worship. Noah's generation didn't want God. They'd gone to the devil. If you read chapter 6, you find out what happens after generation and generation of sin. Man had gone from calling upon the name of God to forgetting God, dethroning God, and just acting like God no longer existed. The Bible says, that God looked down from heaven. He saw the wickedness of man that was great upon the earth. And as God looked down, it broke his heart. 
Can I say it's a striking thing to realize that our sin can grieve the very heart of God. God decides to judge this world. He's going to pour out a flood upon the whole creation. But I thank God for verse 8. In verse 8, the Bible says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Thank God he found grace. God comes to Noah and he gives Noah instructions on how to save his family. In verse 14 to chapter 6, he says, Make thee an ark. God comes to Noah and he says, Noah, I'm going to destroy this whole world. I'm going to send a flood because of sin. Every man, woman, and boy and girl is going to be killed in the judgment. But not you and your family. If you obey my word, Noah, build an ark for 150 days. That old boat floated upon unfriendly waters. There was death on every side. The waves rolled. The winds blew. The debris smashed. But the boat sailed on. In chapter 8 and verse 4, it says, And the ark rested. Can you imagine the scene as God came to Noah? And he said, Noah, build a boat. Build a boat on dry ground. Build a boat having never seen rain. Build a boat where there's never been a flood. I want you to build a boat. Can I say the crowd no doubt scorned him? I'd say the crowd mocked him. I'd say the crowd belittled him. It's a hard trial of faith to build that boat day by day. Can you see it as they cut down the trees? Can you see it as they gather the pitch? Can you see it as they sold out the boards? And yet the rain never came. Noah's building that boat. He's building that boat. He's building that boat. And he's building that boat. And yet the rain never fell. But suddenly, thank God, the day came. Noah and his family entered into the ark. Animals came from all sides. God shut them in with him. I'd say the press probably gave him bad coverage. I'd say they probably misquoted his sermon. I'd say the scoffers kept scoffing. I'd say the mockers kept mocking. I'd say the doubters kept doubting. But the rain began to fall. All of a sudden, the earth opened up. The waters from the deep rose. The rain came down. And as that judgment fell, that ark went up. Can you see it in your mind? That ark is tossed like a ball upon the waters. It's driven without direction. It's beaten by the trees. It's smashed by the wreckage of a lost society. As you survey the scene, you'll notice around that ark, there's dead bodies floating everywhere. You say, who are these? Those are those that mocked the God of heaven and ridiculed the man of God. There's the ark. It's a sailing on. Can you see it in your mind? The waves rock, but the boat sails on. The wind blows, but the boat sails on. There's death on every side, but the boat sails on. The scoffers are gone, but the ark's still there. The doubters are gone, but the ark is still there. The critics are gone, but the ark is still there. In spite of the storm, it's still there. In spite of the waves, it's still there. In spite of the thunder, it's still there. In spite of the lightning, it's still there. They said it can never happen, but God got in business with Noah. Noah got in business with God, and the ark sailed on. No doubt if you let a reporter be there that day and witness everything from a safe vantage point, they would have reported on the sure demise of the ark. They would have circulated negative stories before the story had even been told. As they looked around, no doubt it was death on every side. It was negative. It was bad. It was bleak. Noah was in the minority, a mighty small remnant. Every time that ark went down behind the waves, they probably said, there it goes sinking to rise no more. Every time the lightning flashed, they say, there it goes. Going to sink. 
to rise no more. Every time the wind blew, they report it. There it goes. It's sinking to rise no more. I don't know. Maybe some of those doubters and scoffers watched as they bobbed up and down in that water and they looked out in shock and with their last breath they shouted, how can it be? The ark is still there. Every time the lightning flashed, it spotlighted the ark was still sailing. Every time the thunder rolled, it testified the ark is still sailing. Every wave that brought it down was followed by a wave that lifted it up and it testified the ark is still sailing. And after all those months of storm and stress and sailing, the Bible says the ark came to rest. That's like saying the ark made it through. That's like saying the ark persevered. That's like saying the ark outlasted. That's like saying the ark overcame. That's like saying the ark got on there. It's still there. You see what happened? Noah got in business with God and God got in business with Noah and Noah found out when you're hooked up with God you let the smoke clear. You let the fog lift. You let the wind settle and when all that's said and done everything else might be gone but the ark is still there. I'm glad tonight there's some things that the floods of time and the waves of wickedness can beat on and bludgeon. But after that ceased and stopped, thank God they'll still be there. They'll sail on though the waves crash high. They'll sail on though the winds blow strong. They'll sail on though the world falls apart. Now I love America, but there is no perpetuity promised to my nation. There might be a day when I have to say it of America, She's no longer there. Abortion, homosexuality, another myriad of sins, any of them could ring out the death bell, the death knell of America tonight. And we might have to say it of our nation, she's no longer there. But I'm glad there are some things that just last. There's some things that just sail on. There's some things that don't go down. There's some things that float when the world's wrapped in judgment. There's some things that are steadfast and they're unmovable and they're always abounding. You know why Noah's ark made it through? Because it wasn't Noah's. It was God's. And God got behind it and God got with it and God got in it and God saw it through the storm. Well, I want to introduce you tonight to something else that's not yours. It's God's. Something else that God got in. Something else that God got behind. Something else that God got with. Something else that God is for. My Bible says in Matthew 16, 18, and I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon on this rock. I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Long before there was a constitution there was a church. The constitution is a wonderful document but the church is a living organism and the Lord himself gives us the promise. Come what may the onslaught, the attack, whatever it is, the church is going to march on. God got his ark through the flood. He's going to get his church through this age. The road might get rocky. The seas might get rough the wind might blow strong but thank God the church is going to sail on. I'm glad tonight we're in business with God. I'm glad tonight God is in business with us. That ark wasn't Noah's and that church isn't yours or mine. This is God's house. God's church. It's more precious than a jewel. It's more powerful than an army. It's more pure than a pearl. This isn't my pulpit. It's God's. That isn't your uh, seat. That's God's. These aren't our buildings. That's God's. This place belongs to him. 
him. God planned the church. Jesus purchased the church. The Holy Ghost empowers the church. And you and I get to be part of the church. I remember hearing Billy Kelly say, I'm glad to be a branch on the vine, a block in the building, and part of the bride of Christ. And I say amen to that. I'm glad to be part of this crowd. I'm not a goose, a moose, or a hoot owl, but I'm glad I'm a born-again child of God that's in the church. Let the attacks come. Let the bombs fall. Let the slander mount. Let the devil fight. The church is going to sail on. You study in Acts. Christians were murdered. They were imprisoned. They were hated. They were maligned. They were threatened. They were impoverished. But the church marched on. You can kill Paul, but you can't kill the church. You can crucify Peter, but you won't kill the church. You can boil John, but you won't kill the church. You can stone Stephen, but you can't kill the church. You can imprison John Bunyan, but you can't kill the church. You can whip over our homes, but you can't kill the church. You can strangle William Tyndale, but you won't kill the church. You can burn our Bible, but you can't kill the church. In spite of opposition, it's there. In spite of oppression, it's there. In spite of persecution, it's there. In spite of the turmoil, it's there. We're not a fugitive running from something. We're pilgrims headed for something. Thank God we're on the winning side and we're still there. Let the water roll. Let the waves beat and blow. The old ship is iron still sailing today. And she'll sail till Jesus shows up in the clouds. I want to remind you, you read your Bible, you know what you find? Goliath is dead, but David's still there. The lions aren't hungry and Daniel's still there. The three Hebrews are walking around and the fire hadn't touched them. Paul's still there and the jail couldn't hold him. Noah's still there and the earth had been destroyed by a flood. Can I say this is the assembly of the saints. This is the body of believers. The congregation of the redeemed. The dove of the beloved. The eternal priesthood. The family of God. We've been grafted in. We're the household of faith. We're a peculiar people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a sanctified possession. We're the blood-washed band. We're the bride and he's the groom. We're the branch and he's the vine. We're the building and he's the cornerstone. The church is going to be there. We're the fruit of faith. We're the product of grace. We're the recipient of mercy. The object of his love and the inheritor of glory. Thank God for the church. I'd rather be part of a church than part of a lodge. I'd rather be part of a church than part of a team. I'd rather be part of a church than part of a troop. I'd rather be part of a church than part of a blog network. I'd rather be part of a church than anything else in this world. You say, why? Because Christ is our founder. The Bible's our God. The Holy Ghost is my supplier. Heaven is my destiny. God's love is my banner. The gospel's my message. Victory's my promise. Weapons of mine are spiritual. My power's supernatural. You let the devil fight. You let his crowd fight. You let all the hell fight. But the church is going to sail on. Can I say tonight, nothing's more essential than a church. Those in charge of our public health were quick to change the terminology when we asked them if they would deem church unessential since we can't meet. But Target can and Home Depot can and the airplane can. I don't know if they redefine their definitions of essential and non or not. Doesn't really matter. Church is essential. The church is more essential to your city and my city than every bar room, gambling hall, house of ill fruit, shopping center, civic building, and even Walmart. Say amen right there. 
the courthouse can't hold a candle to the church house. I don't know about you, but I know where I'd be without it. I'd be in hell right now. I'd be in jail right now, maybe. Be in a ditch drunk somewhere right now. But thank God I found a place where everybody can be somebody at that place. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter your salary. It doesn't matter your education level. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. You show up at that place. You get born again. It's brother and sister around here. Thank God for the family of God. The church is essential. That's where the gospel Priest. That's where prayer is offered. That's where decency is promoted. Right here in this place, eternity gets changed. Right here's where drunks get sober. Right here's where druggies get clean. Right here's where broken people get put back together. Right here's where hurting hearts get some help. Right here's where those that need comfort find their comfort. This is where hope is offered. This is where love is found. This is where Jesus is lifted up. There's no place like this place. You've already heard pastors say it. I've not been here long, but in the history of this church, over one and a half million people have been brought on buses. I'd say that does a little bit of good for the community. The Bible said the church, the, the gates of hell won't prevail against the church, but it's a shame all those souls that the church hadn't been legally allowed to reach because of infringement and overreach. Gates of hell won't prevail, but some of those who work for them might. Can I say you stack up every public service agency that you can put a label on. And then you compile the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts, and whoever else wants to go out and scout, and you pile them all together. And you add every bit of good that you think they've done for your community. Not even fit to tie the shoelaces of the little bit that a local church does in a place like this. Thank God for your Salvation Army and thank God for Goodwill and thank God for Bass Pro Shop and that doesn't have anything to do with anything. I just like it. But you take the weight of good done in your community by every secular organization, doesn't even touch the hem of the garment of what a local church will do on a Sunday for that same city. A stimulus check and a free cell phone and a block of cheese and a hot meal might keep a man going a week or two, but the gospel will keep him saved for all eternity. This is God's institution. This is God's organization. It's God's battle. You wonder why I'm so confident about the church? i tell you why. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost that made you overseers to feed the church of God. Why are you so confident? Because of this, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Can I tell you tonight, Jesus didn't die for the lodge. He didn't die for the ball team. He didn't die for your hunting club. He didn't die for your women's tea group. But he shed his blood for the local church. Thank God it's the blood that makes this place what it is. It was the blood. It was the blood that got God's people out of Egypt. It was the blood that... it was the blood that got Jesus through Calvary and it's the blood that will get the church through this dispensation I'm not concerned about the church I'm not worried about the church I'm not nervous about the church I'm not concerned about the church we're going to be just fine why? because the blood of Christ has bought this place this isn't our church it's not your church this is his church it was paid for at Calvary it was signed to Calvary he got on at Calvary God paid for the, the blood that's why I'm confident about this place not one drop of blood ever shed by God for government bureaucracy but every single drop of blood was shed for this place 
We might have to sail through a dungeon, but we're going to sail on. We might have to sail through a prison cell, but we'll sail on. We might have to sail through a catacomb, but we'll sail on. We might have to sail through an arena, but we'll sail on. We might have to sail through a burning furnace, but we're going to sail on. We might have to sail through a valley, but we're going to sail on. We might have to sail through slander, but we'll sail on. We might have to sail through a split, but we'll sail on. We have to sail, sail through compromise, but we'll sail on. Thank God we'll sail on. Jesus died for the church and gave us the promise to church aren't going to die. Say amen right there. You probably didn't understand what I just said. I reverted back to West Virginia bad there. Church aren't not going to die. Jesus died for the church, so I got the promise the church ain't going to die. Don't have to worry about it. Who pays your bills? He does. Who keeps the lights on? He does. And I'll close, and I know you're wet and cold, but let me say this. That's why if I was a young man in Bible college, I wouldn't look to get out. I'd be digging in. I mean, you can go be a doctor if you want to, but there's no promise of winning to the doctor. You can go be a veterinarian if you want to. It's kind of weird, but if you want to. But there's no promise that veterinarian's going to win every time. You can go play basketball if you want to. I don't know if you can or not. We, most of those boys back there are fairly white. They're not going to make it to the NBA. They can't even make it to class on time. I always say, I can't wait for the rapture, so finally white men will jump. Same in right there. There's no promise of winning every game on the basketball team. But I got a promise in my Bible that in the church of God, I'm never going to have to lose. It's still there. Rome's gone. It's still there. The oppressive colonizers are gone. It's still there. Communist governments are gone. It's still there. Ever anti-God, anti-Christ, and anti-church civic leader, they're all gone. It's still there. I like that phrase, shall not. It doesn't say there might not be opposition. It just says opposition ain't going to win. Hell can't close it. The devil can't stop it. And no stronghold of sin can stand up to the advancement of the church. So tonight, here's my message. Why don't you just stay with the ark? Why don't you just stay in the church? You say, our attendance is down 50%. That's all right. It's not yours. It's his. Just stay in the boat. But the money's not coming in like it was, and we can't do this. And That's all right. You just need a Bible and a pulpit and a hymn book and preach. It's not yours. It's his. Just stay in the boat. You say, but it's not popular. We need, to, we need to change and assimilate and dive in head first to culture. No, you don't. Just stay in the boat. You say, but they're making fun of me for believing my King James Bible's perfect and inerrant and inspired and no flaws at all. That's okay. They don't know. What to, just stay with the boat. We don't have a promise of victory anywhere else. Might as well stay in the boat. I'm riding the old ship of Zion. So many before me rode it safely o'er. Jesus, the captain, has lost no, not one. And I'm going to ride this ship to the shore. I think about my little boy. Daddy, I'm scared. I don't like those people. Are we still going to have wiggle worms? Well, tonight, you know where he's at? He's in a class for him, for the church kids in there. So why don't you just go home and preach another sermon? Maybe start another bus route. Maybe divide a class or start a new class. Maybe win another soul and love another family. Maybe just dig your heels in and say, you know what, until I hear the shout and we're out, I'm just going to stay in the boat. Because long after COVID's history, 
Long after, I'm going to say long after Joe Biden's history, but in his mind, he already is. <laughs> the church will still, if Jesus doesn't come for a million years, there's still going to be a local church preaching the Bible somewhere. Might as well be this one. Might as well be yours. It's still there. Let's bow our heads tonight. That's the message. I pray it encourage your heart. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.